What's up guys and welcome back to Theology Unscripted. Today, Dr. Jones and I will be going over Romans Part 4, also known as Romans Chapter 6. We will be discussing what it means to be dead in sin and how we can become not dead in sin. Yes. This is Theology Unscripted. Coming out of one of my favorite chapters, chapter 5, into one that is equally as important, which is chapter 6. Paul likely had some opponents to his version of the gospel, probably in uh, in kind of the Jewish... Uh, Jewish realm of his of the gospel, uh, those who had been Jews, who had been saved by Jesus, but we're not sure what it meant to live under the law anymore. So we've already talked a little bit about what uh, the law's relation to the gospel is now. So it is very likely that Paul had people who were Jewish who weren't, who just thought that his gospel now meant you could do whatever you wanted. Mm. So that's where we're at. I think it seems as though he is responding to this and saying, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. But it comes from a different place than what the law said. So that's where we're going to be today. All right, so starting in chapter 6. Yeah, let's go. What shall we say then? So again, let's keep in mind everything that's been said up to this point, chapters 1 through 5. Most recently in chapter 5, that we were dead in our sins through, uh, through Adam, through our heritage, our lineage with Adam, but through Christ we are alive. And we now live in that eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So because of all of that, should we just keep sinning so that we can get more grace? That's kind of what he's saying. Should we sin more that grace may abound more? And of course, he's going to say, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk the newness of life. So this is also a part, a uh, passage that is read when someone's baptized in the church a lot, because that's what it symbolizes, the death to self, death to the old self, and uh, being raised with Christ to live this new life. So that's where we're at. Any thoughts before we get started, David? Um, I'm just kind of seeing how it's, when you're a child, you know, your parents tell you what's right and wrong. And yep. once, once you know what's right, you don't really go back to being wrong. So it's kind of the same as like, once you get baptized and start living your life in God, you're like, sure, your parents are still going to love you even if you keep making mistakes. But, like, we should want to be the best that we can be so that we're just being the best we can be. Yeah. And make our parents even more proud of us instead of, like, them still having to love us even though we're sinning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, a good way of looking at it, you know. But I think the I think that's a great uh, place to start because with your apparent, you know, I mean, I know my kids disobey all the time. They don't listen. Um, and do, does that all of a sudden, Oh, you didn't listen. You're not my child anymore. Right? No, that's not, of course, how it works. Right. Uh, so it's not about, you know, it's not about obeying to gain love, or at least it shouldn't be, of course. Yeah. Uh, but what it's about is well, I'm already loved. Therefore I'm going to obey and listen and do the things that, this person says. Right. And that's, I think, why chapter six is not how he starts his his uh, letter here to the Romans, because there's so much more that's more important. It starts off with the law couldn't save me. And by grace, I've been saved. And again, it's so since I am saved, what now? That's the point of chapter six. It's not. All right. How do I get saved anymore? It's not. How do I come into this new life in Christ? It's now that I'm in that. 
Now the right thing is to stop sinning. Where do, you do get we the go difference? from here? Yeah, yeah, where do you go from here? You start with, I am saved by grace. but And because of that, my proper response to that is to say no to sin, to turn away from that, and to turn towards the things of God. Nice. So it's, it's here in this part of the letter on purpose, I believe, because we can't get it out of order. We can't say, well, I better do the right things. I better clean up my life. I better... Um, you know, be presentable so that Jesus accepts me. No, 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 that's not at all. While we were dead in our sins, what we just read in the previous chapter, uh, when we're dead in our sins, Christ died for us. Right. So because of that, this is now our response. Gotcha. So what does it mean to be dead in sin? Just Yeah, that is uh, one of the best uh, sermons I ever heard on this topic was by Louis Giglio, and he's talking about being dead and what it means to be dead. And he talked about their... Uh, I think it was at Auburn. I'm probably going to botch this. So if you're a college football fan, I'm sorry. But there's trees at Toomer's Corner in Auburn. And if to- Auburn won, it's probably the wrong college. Somebody correct me. Sorry. I think that's right. Uh, but if they, if Auburn won, if, the, if their football team won, they would just uh, paper the tree, toilet paper all over the tree in celebration. And somebody who did not like that school uh, poisoned that tree one hmm. day. And uh, the tree, it was dead. So, But they brought in all of these uh, different like arborists and different uh, people who are experts in this. And they tried to, you know, replace all the soil and do all this stuff. And, you know, so for months they're trying to f- save these trees. And at the end of it, they said, these trees have been dead the entire time. There is nothing we could do to bring these trees back. And that's what it means to be dead. You know, I remember Louis Giglio teaching on this and just really hitting home. Like those trees were not coming back. And really that's the picture that we should see when we talk about sin is it's not just, oh, sin's a little slap on the wrist. I did the wrong thing. No, it, sin is, is the embodiment of death for yeah. us. We are dead in it with no hope of being brought back. That's the picture that sin should give us. When, it, when we're saying we're dead in our sin, yeah, we talk these days we use the words like we're lost in our sin, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but it, I mean, that's not how Paul talks about it. Paul talks about it like you're just dead. You're dead as dead can be. No life in you at all in your sin. But... That's where the contrast comes in. Is that, yeah, you were dead without hope. Hey, Jesus came along and he brought you back to life. Mm. So it's really strong words on purpose, I think. You know, it's not just, well, I did some bad things and I, you know, I guess I'll pray and repent and God will forgive me. Well, yeah, of course he will. But that's his whole point here is no, sin is death. And if you're alive, you can't be dead anymore. <laughs> it's kind of the way he's phrasing it here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yep. So that, that's an important way to think about it. So yeah, that's, that's the picture here for uh, one being dead in sin, is that we are just completely gone and completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. So then, if we go to verse 5 of chapter 6 here, For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So now Paul is contrasting these two things. He relates our uh, trust in Jesus as us dying with Christ, and being dead to our sin, and then also being raised with him into this new life. So he's saying, if you are sharing in the life of Jesus, you are dead to your old self. You have Your old self has been put off, and you're putting on this new self. And that's what he says in verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one, For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. And again, he does repeat himself a lot uh, for emphasis, just kind of get his point across. So he's saying again, we uh, die in a death like his, dying to ourself, dying to our old self, so that we can be raised like him. So he's kind of in this, you know, saying it in some other words here. But yeah, this is where it's important for us to see that contrast. We're dead in our sin, 
Christ invited us to be a part of his life, die to ourself, be raised to uh, newness of life in him. Hmm. I like how all these chapters kind of come together. It's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, I agree. Yeah, we should always read. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be a challenge, but a really good way to read any of the books of the Bible, but especially these letters, is just sit down and read them straight through. Right. You know, obviously it's good uh, for us to take our time and talk through them and talk about what we see in these books. But yeah, if you're reading and you just, you know, if you have the time to set aside, just read through Romans and just get the whole thing all together. Yeah, right. I mean, it's very uh, purposefully put together the way that he's written these chapters, the way he's put them in uh, where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I agree. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. What is he getting to next? So now we have, where was I? I think I stopped at verse eight. Yeah. Yes. Verse nine, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. And that's the difference between Jesus and anyone else that's been raised from the dead. You know, it's like all the people like, you know, you think of Lazarus, Lazarus, Jesus raised him from the dead. Well, he died again eventually. Right. You yeah. know, we would assume I don't you know, there's no reason to believe otherwise. But Jesus, he's resurrected and he lives still and he will never die again. And that's important for us to believe. And in that light. He says, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So this is where he just relates us to, uh, to Christ's death and resurrection again and says, uh, just as he died to sin, you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. So he's calling uh, people who follow Jesus now to a different way of life, not one that earns you life, You've been given life freely, but since you're alive, how can you continue to live like you're dead? Mm -hmm. That's his whole point. How could you possibly continue to live? Hey, I'm, yeah, you know what? Being alive is great, but being dead was really cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's what he is saying we do when we return to sin. And we um, choose to continue to live in it, right? You know, this does not mean, you know, I don't think Paul makes a case here that we will be completely without sin, uh, but... Uh, I think, and this is said in other places, this is just kind of my commentary that I'll add to it. As long as we, as long as we live, we should pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. If we are in sin and we feel bad about it, we should thank God that his spirit lives in us and convicts us. Yeah. So that, yeah, the sign of someone who is alive in Christ is not the complete freedom from sin, but it is the pursuit to be sanctified, to become more holy, to run from sin, to do whatever you can uh, in his power. And again, that's the whole point. It's, it's in his power that we do it, and by his spirit, to uh, live as though we're alive. So you mentioned running away from sin. Would you say that sin is constantly like trying to run after us and like follow us? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think how, you know, a lot, well, so a lot of people will just, you know, well, I'm being tempted by Satan. And that is true sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's just us. Sometimes yeah. we just have sin nature and it's just us, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we have to fight both. I think there there are passages about both yeah. in the Bible that I can point to, like run from the accuser, run from the temp run from temptation, flee temptation. Uh, but there's also passages like this that talk about putting off your old self. Yeah. So I think uh, in this context, I think that there is a constant war. And he's, I think, I can't remember if this book or another one, but he talks about how he does the things that he hates to do and he can't do the things he wants to do because it's the sin nature that fights against us. It's right. that uh, what we want in our hearts is uh, whatever brings us, uh, 
you know, whatever brings us uh, glory or whatever brings us uh, what we, our version of happiness, rather than trusting God to say he's going to give us the best version of life. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people think of sin, too, as, well, you know, God just wants to ruin all my fun and take all my fun away. And I really, you know, I, I have found in my life that the way that God wants us to live is the best way to live. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I just, I've told this story before, but I was talking to uh, someone one time who is not a Christian and was just, this person was talking about how much they enjoyed uh, doing whatever they wanted and uh, enjoying the pleasures of life and uh, all of these things. And I just, I also knew that this person has complained before about how, you know, running from relationship to relationship and not remembering who this person woke up and things like this, right? And I, I said to this person, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure my life is better than yours <laughs> because I've chosen. I and I was kind of give, giving this person a hard time, but I, you, you know, I really, I meant it. Really, I said, I don't have to worry about any of those things that you have to worry about. Right. I'm secure, and it's because I've chosen this way of life that God has called me to. And it's actually a better way to live. So that's part of living in as you're as though you're alive and not dead is really the way God's called us to live. You know, you may give up some immediate uh, temptations and things that we, we may perceive as things that will bring us happiness and pleasure. But in the end of the day, the way that God has called us to live is life. It is life, and it is the best way to live. Right. And not only is it the best earthly way to live, but, like, in the end, we'll be having a better heavenly life, too. Yes, and I think that that is uh, part of that is we are called to not just hope in, well, I, I checked a box. I'm gonna. I got saved. I'm gonna go to heaven when I die. Right. Uh, but it's also to bring heaven to earth, as well. Bringing God's. You know, he, we say, "Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." That's how Jesus taught us to pray. So it's not just, yeah, we get to go to heaven. It's I, I, we're gonna bring heaven here as much as we can. Right. It's kind of carrying out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's carrying out the mission. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say too. Yeah. Um, he. This section wraps up. He says, "Let not." Sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members, just yourself, your, the parts of you, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And again, he makes this point uh, very clear. It's not a command. Uh, this is not a command, but a promise that sin uh, won't triumph over the life of the Christian. So... Uh, when it talks about where he says here, sin will have no dominion over you. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a promise. That's, that's something we can trust in that sin has no power over you anymore. Right. Uh, we live in a new, uh, age of a new covenant where God has, uh, given us grace by faith. So we're no longer under the law. And because of that, uh, we have this promise that sin has no power anymore. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, this, uh, this part is very important for us to understand why we should live for God. It is not because, you know, I, so often I hear, you know, well, don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. And it's just, you know, especially when I was your age in high school, people were just trying to, uh, you know, I felt like it was people wanted me to just behave a certain way. You know, it's right. all behavior modification. Let me scare you a little bit so that you uh, do the right things. You know, that's what it always felt like. And that is just really not the message of the Bible of how, why and how we should run from sin. Mm -hmm. The message is you're alive now. You no longer live in death. You are alive. If you truly understand what you are saved from and saved into, you will live for him. You'll give him everything that you have. Right. Yeah, when I was younger, I know 
we always used to talk about getting saved and I was like, all right, what does this mean? And I was always told like, you just ask and you repent. And like, I never knew there was a second half of living mm-hmm. out and carrying out a new life. Right. So I was like, well, if I just ask, it's like, is that it? But I don't know, as we read, I'm figuring it out. Like mm-hmm. there's more to the story than just asking and then confessing. Like you have to actually live right. out a Christian life. Now I will say that there is a lot to, um, there's a lot to be said for that moment where you, the, the moment of repentance, when you say, I was dead in my sin, and now I'm turning around, and I'm going towards Christ. And that is a moment, I believe, that the Christian is, uh, some, some people say regenerated, some people say justified, where we are made right with God. There mm-hmm. is a moment where that happens as well. But I think the way that that's, the, the mistake that's been made in a lot of places is that has been more of a like like say you're checking out at, at a store right okay i swiped my salvation card i have the thing that i want and i'm going to leave the store mm-hmm. right and that's just not that's not what the bible presents us as the that moment of justification is presented as this is now the beginning of your new life right and so that's the difference yeah so uh unfortunately yeah the moment of salvation has just been presented as transactional where it's like well you better check this box and walk down this aisle and say this prayer and there you go checked off salvation mm-hmm. and it's not taught okay now you're it's not yeah it's just not really taught hey, this is now your new life there's a way to live now the balance that we need to when we're talking about this that we need to understand is you don't need to continue to do right things to keep your salvation or earn your salvation mm-hmm. right so when i look at and what does what does it mean to be dead to sin and alive in god if you are truly saved the proof of that is that you're living for him Right. So that's what this is talking about there. Um, so you might, some people might say, you know, people always ask, well, can you lose your salvation? I knew someone who was saved when they were young and now they don't act like they're saved at all. They've rejected God. Um, and there's lots of different views on this. Some people think you can lose your salvation. I don't think you can because I think if I could lose it, I would. And we are promised sal- uh, security in the Holy Spirit. So I would look to people to, to those kinds of things and say, well, maybe that salvation wasn't was it was viewed as transactional you know we in luke we read in class this week we talked about the seeds that fall along the road Mm -hmm. and you know they the the word it takes root in people's hearts but they don't really understand it they don't really uh take it to heart and so it withers away so you i would say that if somebody has fallen away or if somebody has uh you know maybe seen was saved one time and now seems as though they're not i would say maybe they didn't fully uh grasp what salvation meant Mm-hmm. and is uh, doesn't have the Holy Spirit fully. Some people, I would say, maybe have the Holy Spirit, and they continue to be convicted, and they may come back one day. Right. Uh, really, that's, un, you know, there's uh, it's hard for us to judge those kind of things. That's really between that person and God. And, yeah, different circumstances for different people, you right. know? But, yeah, I, I would say, and this, you know, I know there's lots of views on this, so um doesn't mean that I'm 100% right. I would say you can't lose your salvation, but I would say someone who seems to have um, left the faith probably wasn't fully in the faith in the first place. Mm, yeah. Um, but again, there's lots of different views on that, so I won't hold that with a uh, tight grasp. But Well, we spent a lot of time on the first uh, 14 verses of chapter 6, but mm-hmm. I think that's a very important uh, very important uh, place for us to uh, to end because this is a topic that we need to understand fully. Yep, yep where we we see that you know if we're living by faith 
we are no longer alive to sin. We are dead to sin. Sin is dead to us. We are dead to it. We're now alive in this new life. So what he's going to continue in, and I think this is going to be a good uh, topic for next time, is what does that look like? What does it look like for us to live in this new life? And this is what he's going to talk about in the next, uh, next section in the next couple chapters. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.